You're listening to episode 276 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Holly. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols, and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my party people. You know, one day, <laughs> it, it just kind of happened organically that I started calling everyone party people, party peeps. Um, and one day I'd love to have a party. And I hope you know that that means so, so much because I am such an introvert (laughs) that the idea of having a party with all of you, like, it's how tenderly I feel about this show and each and every one of you who listens. Um, And I've heard from some of you who are newer to the show, welcome, I've heard from you just how helpful this show has been for you. And, you know, that really warms my heart when I get to hear stuff like that. Oh my gosh, just makes every second and and every morsel of this project so incredibly worth it. I probably mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but when I first started my recipe blog, Essential Omnivore, long ago, and that's been on a hiatus. Just recently, I was thinking about maybe bringing it back, but it's just, it's existing as it has for the last couple of years. When I first started Essential Omnivore, actually, its first rendition was called College Kibble, (laughs) and it was a blog spot. And then it turned into Essential Omnivore. But really, the primary purpose with Essential Omnivore was to help just one person. Because learning more about food and nutrition truly changed my life for the better. And it's taken so many iterations of what that means to me now at this point, well over a decade later. But regardless, it warms my heart to hear from you and to know that this show is supporting you in any small or large way just absolutely means the world to me. So... This episode is more of a tangible episode. Of course, some episodes talk way more about the intangibles of health, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, our perceptions, our awareness. Um, And so this episode (laughs) is way more about the tangibles of my personal results from my personal six-week calorie deficit. Um, And really just sharing this here again because I want you to know that what you'd like for yourself is possible and it takes consistency. So I wanted to offer generally um, some, I, I suppose, just like data markers for what could happen in six weeks. But again, you know, the reason I, I primarily do not talk about myself too much or my tangibles, my specifics. Like if you look through episode, this is not a podcast where Lucia is talking about Lucia all that much. I share my little intro, like a catch up, and then I really just want to share information to help you and your life. But I do acknowledge that a lot of us have curiosity, and especially when it comes to something like weight loss, specifically fat loss, and how to both maintain that in the long term and have it be sustainable while also perhaps chipping away at that goal because sustained lifelong weight loss, I really truly believe this, it is, it, 
it's like anything else. It's like brushing your teeth for the long term. Do you brush your teeth for a couple of weeks and then never again and then wonder why your dental hygiene maybe isn't the same as it used to be? No, it's a process. So while I really don't believe that any of us should try to be in a calorie deficit for the long term, that's what the yo-yo dieting is, is that you're trying to be in a deficit when probably really you actually need to be practicing eating at maintenance. Once you've mastered maintenance and you understand what it will take and how it will feel to be in an intentional deficit, then rock on with your bad self and chip away at those goals. So anyway, my calorie deficit results. So I lot, so to catch any of you up who are newer, I, this summer, pretty much like two days after we moved into the new house, I was like, wait, I want to do a deficit. And I set some parameters for myself where I ate in a caloric deficit. It was not large because I didn't want any of this to be extreme, but I did want it to be intentional. So I ate in a calorie deficit, which means I ate um, in a deficit off of my maintenance calories because I had been maintaining my weight for multiple months and actually been maintaining my weight for much, much longer than multiple months. However, earlier in this year, I had chosen to eat in a surplus because I was um, really, my goal then was to increase my muscle mass. So I did that for about four months of eating in a surplus and maintained for a few months. And then after we landed here back in Minnesota, I was like, all right, let me jump into a deficit. So I chose to do a six week deficit and the deficit came from, um, eating under my maintenance amount of calories and also increasing my total daily steps. So if you follow me on Instagram, I was extremely consistent with the steps. Um, when I first started out with the deficit, I actually gave myself a range. And I mentioned that in that episode. You'll see Lucia does a calorie deficit. Uh, if you want to listen to that one, I gave myself a range of 12,000 to 15,000 steps. And I, I ended up just deciding to do 15,000 steps every single day for the six weeks because that actually felt really fun and exciting and like a challenge to me. Um, I also posted to Instagram every day that I hit those 15,000 and I hit 15,000 every single day of the deficit. So I was extremely consistent and there was one day back when I thought I was just going to do a range. So there was one day that I chose to do 12,000 but then after I did that, I was like, well, if you're giving yourself a range, just do the 15,000, Lucia. So did 15,000 steps for uh, every other day of the six weeks, aside from the one day that was 12,000. And I have to say that much walking, it definitely takes time. And I think that's really the only reason why I wouldn't be keeping up with 15,000 moving forward. Uh, like every single day, I think 10,000 is actually quite reasonable um, now that I've been away from the deficit for almost two weeks. It really showed me just how impactful walking is for your mental health. I mean, you know, again, like I said before, this wasn't an extreme deficit because I knew it would probably be too stressful to try to do a more intensive deficit um, while also navigating, just setting up our house, being in a new city, you guys, all the things, right? The DMV, the insurance, and, and all, all the stuff that on paper is always streamlined. And then in practice, like there's always an extra document you need. There's always more back and forth than you want. So just all that stuff on top of running a business and, you know, taking care of life things, right? Like right now, 
my husband has our dog at urgent care because stuff just happens. She has a recurring toe thing. <laughs> I call it her puff knuckle. <laughs> Regardless, let me get back on task. Okay, so I hit the 15,000 steps every single day of the deficit. I was in a calorie deficit via my food intake and then also increased the total deficit via the walking. Um, and now in reflection, the walking was so supportive for my mental health. I felt really I, I typically feel quite balanced, um, but I could just see like because I have a propensity to feeling, if I'm going to feel anything, I'm going to feel lower energy because of, I think, just the background having Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition. Your thyroid gland is your master energy regulator. It really just showed me that the more movement I get in, actually, the more energized I feel. So that was a beautiful takeaway um, that I do find to be quite tangible, that I wouldn't have achieved if I hadn't dedicated myself to getting those 15,000 steps a day. I got those steps in via going on walks outside. We have a beautiful um, nature area near our home. So you know, plenty of walking loops, usually three, three and a half, four mile loops. Um, and I would also walk inside our house. There were a lot of days that were really hot and I didn't have the ability and actually didn't want to reduce my amount of sleep in order to wake up early enough to get outside before it got too hot to be uncomfortable while walking. So I walked inside a lot. Sometimes people have questions about that. I'll pace. I will walk side to side. I don't have a walking pad. If you do, that's awesome. Um, and 15,000 felt really reasonable to achieve. It just took a lot of time. So I could see how you could get to a certain a certain period of movement where actually running or jogging just becomes a more efficient use of your time. So spending a lot of time talking about the steps because that kind of was the biggest change that I made um, because dropping down the calories was pretty straightforward. I didn't eat any different foods. I, in general, tend to like to choose leaner cuts of meat, and I just continue to emphasize that. Um, we didn't eat out a ton. We did have uh, a family member who came into town who visited with us, so we ate out a couple more times um, when she visited, but otherwise plenty of homemade foods, lots of beautiful, just primarily unprocessed foods as the bulk of my meals, and then fun additions in. And because I continued to strength train, because I had a background of strength training, um, my resting metabolic rate, because I have more muscle mass probably than the average American, um, that's just a guess of mine, but I'm going to believe that's true because I do strength train regularly, my resting metabolic rate, and because I am a taller individual, the amount of calories that is my maintenance, I've worked to increase that, really, because your lean body mass is your more active body mass. It's burning calories just hanging out just as you're resting. So my deficit off of that still was enough total food that I was just getting in a really big variety. And I think I think we need people to say that more and more because I think that that's really important for people to hear. Is that a calorie deficit? It, it, when you're eating in a deficit, you will feel hunger. But when you're eating in a gentle like moderate calorie deficit that's based off of your maintenance calories, it's not going to be like deprivation station. It's not going to be feelings of starvation all day, every day. If you're feeling that way, probably your deficit is too extreme. I really would have a nice meal and I'd feel satisfied for a couple hours 
And then I would notice maybe like the hour or so before my next meal. And I'd also would have snacks in there too. So hour before, whenever the next time I'd be eating, basically my calorie deficit, I would just notice I would get more hungry before my next meal. But there wasn't, you know, I wasn't in such a drastic calorie deficit that that it wasn't unreasonable. And I guess that's why I wanted to talk about calorie deficits on here from my own personal experience, which has been my experience beforehand, but just to do it in like 2023 to really hopefully have you hear or help you feel some confidence in the idea that you can totally practice your maintenance calories. It's probably really worth your while. And number two, your appropriate calorie deficit shouldn't be unreasonable. It should be reasonable. (laughs) And um, yeah. So in terms of results, I lost about eight pounds in those six weeks. And now that I'm a couple weeks out from the deficit, I've regained maybe two pounds from that. And I wanted to report on that number because that is healthy and appropriate. You have to remember when you're in a calorie deficit and it's sustained, right? You're doing it consistently. You're going to have less food mass in your gut. You're going to have fewer carbs sitting in your gut that are holding onto water. And if you've increased your movement, which I had, um, your glycogen stores are probably at a different level where you're holding onto less water that is like paired with, bonded to the glycogen, which is your quick energy stores in your muscles. So don't forget that it's healthy, appropriate, and normal for you to be in a calorie deficit, to lose weight. And then when you eat at your new maintenance numbers, because your maintenance is based off of your body weight, so your new maintenance, which probably won't be that, like my new maintenance is not that dramatically different than my other maintenance. <laughs> nothing, nothing dramatic is happening here. But my new maintenance numbers, now that I'm eating at those, of course my weight has gone up because I'm not getting 15,000 steps a day. I'm getting more like 10,000 a day. Um, I'm, I'm not restricting the amount of food by proxy of not being in a calorie deficit. So it gets to be really common sense. So I have more weight on the scale, but that isn't body fat, okay? Like the difference of those two pounds, it's, not, it's, it's mostly just water in a couple of different iterations. If you have questions on that, let me know, but I hope explaining it in that way makes it make sense. And I took my measurements from, I do my waist, my hips, and my upper thigh, and my um, upper arm, or just my thigh and my upper arm, or my upper leg, upper arm. And I actually lost about an inch from each one of those overall. So those are my numbers, so, you know, inches are interesting because it's like, oh, I lost a total of four inches. But do I count both of my legs, both my arms? I tend to just, you know, record one arm's measurement and one leg's measurement. So was it actually just four inches or was it six inches? It doesn't really matter. But the inches went down as did the scale. And to me, that shows me that I lost body fat, which was prioritized because I continued to walk I continue to strength train. I continue to eat enough protein. So I ate over 100 grams of protein. To me, that's enough protein pretty much for most women. Of course, it's going to be individualized, but that's a great place to start. And by prioritizing those three things, I was signaling to my body, hey, while I'm in a calorie deficit, 
don't take away this muscle mass because I'm using it, because I'm feeding it, and because it's getting enough nutrients to be sustained. So because, dear body, I'm asking you, by how I'm living my life to maintain my muscle mass, that means you're going to be taking the weight from the body fat. So that's what the inches lost as well as the scale weight together show me is that I prioritize losing body fat and not just muscle mass. Um, because I very well could have just stopped eating all carbs and I could have dropped a bunch of water weight, but that wouldn't have like, it just like I, I could I can I could dramatically make the scale tell me something different. Like because of my height and stature, I could probably lose ten pounds of water weight if I basically went no carb. But losing ten pounds in a week, that's not body fat. And the measurements plus the scale really would probably show me that I wasn't losing body fat and also my results after the deficit. That's why I waited a couple of weeks to record this episode so that I could also show you, yeah, it's completely normal to lose a certain amount of scale weight over a period of a calorie deficit and then to quote unquote, well, not quote, but to literally gain some scale weight back. But I know, and I'm not weirded out by that because my driver isn't only the scale weight. My driver is the continued maintenance of having the smaller body that is reflected by the inches lost in addition to the scale showing me a downward trend of my scale weight. So again, there's context that once you've done the work of showing yourself, it's okay to know your scale number. It's okay to practice seeing it go up and go down. I just think it does so many people such a disservice to like, I whatever, I won't even go there. But when I started to see the trend of people being like, just step onto the scale backwards at the doctor's office. Yes, if you need that to get through your day, you do you. That's awesome. But to me, it's like that's just avoiding a thought in your head. And it's the thought that's uncomfortable because the scale itself is neutral. The scale itself is neutral, right? Subject for a different day. So those are my tangible results of my calorie deficit. And now that I'm in maintenance, I got to say, I just freaking love maintenance. I mean, I was, I, I reflected this on Instagram a lot when I was posting like, oh, you know, I hit my 15,000 steps, like, you know, being consistent, consistency is what matters. I would often say like there were some days, oh, like I got a wasp sting and that really hurt my calf. But there were a lot of days where, and if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me say this, where I could, when I can, I must. And so when I could, I did. And there are a lot of circumstances that, uh, well, a handful of circumstances where probably if I weren't feeling nourished enough, if I were doing this from like a yo-yo dieting place, I might have said, screw it. I can't do all the steps. I got stung by a wasp on my calf. It hurts too much, this and that. Now, listen, if I had had to go to urgent care for a medical issue, if I had gotten, you know, COVID or something really intense that I was having to grapple with, of course, I would have broken the streak because that would have been taking care of myself the most. But it was a pretty beautiful six weeks where nothing too, too dramatic really happened. So yeah, there were days where I was lower energy, like, you know, got my period during those six weeks. And for sure, my period, I would prefer to sleep and nap and relax. And I did. And I still got the steps in because I could. 
And so I did. And that was a really big principle for me um, to show myself and hopefully to show others. I wasn't planning to share every day when I hit those 15,000 steps on Instagram, but I started to in the beginning and I just got a lot of wonderful feedback that people are saying like, hey, this is actually really inspiring me to go get my steps or to see how many steps I get or to go for an extra walk or to kind of challenge myself. So I think there are really healthy ways that we can challenge ourselves because when we're challenging ourselves, we're challenging our inner narrative. And I, I do think for weight loss, it truly is if we feel stuck in yo-yo dieting or we feel, you know, like not inspired by ourselves, it's probably because of an old story and an old set of thoughts that really need not apply anymore. And the way that we show them that they need not apply isn't by battling them or fighting them. We just show ourselves something else. We show ourselves, I can, so I must. We show ourselves, yes, I can do this. We show ourselves, I'm not sure, but I'll figure it out. We do that through action. We do that through showing up. So I hope by me sharing about this calorie deficit that you get to hopefully feel the feeling behind the deficit. Um, Lost some weight. Like mainly it was body fat, which was my goal. I did it through a gentle calorie deficit via primarily food and some increase in movement. And I had all these other wonderful takeaways. I felt more athletic after walking that. Like I did the math. I walked basically because I didn't hit like only 15,000 every single day. There were plenty of days where I hit 16,000 or some like 17,000. Most were around the 15,000, but like plenty of times that was just the baseline. So I walked well over 300 miles in those six weeks. That's athleticism. I felt more athletic. My brain health for having to navigate plenty of stressors with a cross-country move, I was like, man, this is amazing. What what great timing. <laughs> so there's so many takeaways um, to this experience that I've experienced. I hope I relayed them well here for you. And yeah, I think I'll end the episode at that. That was Lucia doing a calorie deficit. Now I'm going to exist in maintenance. I'll keep you updated if I make any other changes, but maintenance just feels so damn good. There's really no need to do anything else. So that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, thank you for being here. Um, You lovely party people. Love and appreciate you so much. And I hope you have just such a wonderful day. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me, where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com to connect.